Hello and welcome to the Run With Ellie live show, the show that brings you stories from your everyday runners to professional athletes and other specialists in the running community who all share a common passion for the sport. I'm your host, Coach Allie. I hope my podcast can help you change the way you live and the way you move so in the long run, you're able to live a sustainable and healthy lifestyle that you deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to promote the love of running. Throughout my experience speaking with the individuals in the running community, I've found that many of us seek acceptance and relatability in some way, shape, or form. On Run With Alley Live, I tie together the common pain points and solutions through the stories told by the special guests on the show. Each individual has a unique running journey and shares how running impacts the mind and body in the sport and outside of it, both mentally and physically. So stop being so hard on yourself. Tune in right here weekly for new motivational episodes with special guests to inspire you to change your life for the long run. Thank you once again for joining us on Run With Ally Live. Please don't forget to support the show and our special show guests by clicking on the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you choose to listen to the show on. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Run With Ally Live. It is Tuesday, September 20th, and it feels like an Indian summer here in New York. Dan, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm pretty ready for fall weather here. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was in Europe this summer with no humidity and the um this East Coast humidity is just uh it's daunting. Yeah, it's 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 pretty rough. But you know, before we dive into the podcast, um everyone returning to the show, I appreciate you joining again here. Please Subscribe to the show already if you haven't. And to the new listeners on here, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy today's very special episode with Dan Daly, who is uh, just very well versed in the fitness community. He has uh, credentials that we could have a whole podcast about and just the experience. Uh, anyone, I think, who is interested in the running community or swimming and maybe tapping into the triathlon community as well could really uh, make use of. So Dan, welcome to the podcast. I mean, welcome back to the podcast, shall I say. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. It's good to see you. Yeah. It's good to see you too. And, you know, I would just love to hear, uh, you know, I know you came on here for the first time um, several months ago and introduced, you know, who you were. And we had a whole different discussion about, you know, running and coaching, but I would love to know what you've been up to lately um, in terms of, you know, your own training and kind of who you've been helping along the way. Uh, well, I guess I'll start with my own training. Training has been tough the last few years. The pool time in New York City has been really hard. Um, just kind of things being disruptive, a little bit of a shift career-wise. Um, it's been hard and actually it's been really good, but um I've been competing a little less, but I'm swimming probably more than ever. Um, I spent the summer in Europe doing a ton of swimming. Swim culture there is amazing, particularly in Hungary where I was. Pool swimming, open water swimming. I was in Croatia swimming in the sea. Um, just being really consistent and enjoying the water, but not training for anything in particular. Uh, I'm back in New York City now. I actually just did a 2.2-mile race in uh, the Hudson River on Saturday. I swam from Battery Park to Statue of Liberty, which was super fun. Um, and not too long, had a good base for that. I'm looking at some 10 K's for the fall, but, um, I don't know if it's going to work out training and scheduling wise. So I'm doing a lot of swimming and lifting and that's kind of where I'm at with my training. 
Awesome. Um, and that's 10K like in the water, correct? Yeah, like 10K in the water. So uh, we call that a marathon swim in the open water community. And uh, the pros can do that in about two hours. And, you know, everybody else, uh, I don't know, could take a lot longer. So I would equate it to running a marathon. Yeah, you know, so everyone on here, um, yeah, think about running a marathon, aspiring marathoners. A marathon is a long distance, but swimming, you know, Dan is the real expert here, but, you know, I... I used to swim very competitively and it is a whole different kind of conditioning. Swimming technique um, is something that I, Dan, I think you would agree. Like you need to nail that in order to swim. It's not, it's a non-negotiable. Um, I do think that running is, I think running technique is at the forefront of any runner's program. Um, and it's very important, but just technique, it is very, very important in swimming. Long story short, a 10K in the water is very, very difficult. So, Dan, that's very admirable um, that, you know, you swam your two-mile race and you swam in the Hudson River. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. came out alive. And, um, yeah, you know, um, and that that just kind of gives us a good perspective of how much swimming truly takes out of you. Um, yeah, Just comparing the distances and equating that to – the marathon. I, I have to ask you, and this is just, I want to know from your experience, not any book or anything. Why do you think the marathon on in running 26.2 miles is equivalent to a 10 K swimming? Like, how do you think that that, I guess, kind of got developed, if that makes any sense? Uh, well, for me, like it's, it's about the duration. So just using some of those comparisons of how long, you know, professional runners going to take around two hours, at least the males. Um, and we're going to see similar times in swimming. So just in terms of like your effort and budgeting that over duration, it's very comparable, but there's a lot of variables that you kind of, you kind of touched on a moment ago of, you know, for swimming a 10 K for you is probably a lot harder than running a marathon and running a marathon for me is a lot harder than swimming a 10 K. So it's also like what you're strong at and, um, where your efficiencies are and, I'd much rather swim a 10K than run a marathon. I've done both, um, but I, I spend more time swimming 10Ks. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did run the marathon. Yeah, you know, oh, my gosh. Um, it's so it's amazing to hear you say that. And I are, are like the top in the field, like, are they swimming 10Ks in two hours? Like, like an Ilya Kipchoge who's like, you know, like one of the few at that level like running a marathon. I'm just curious, like, what is like the feel, what is like the pool of, I guess, pros, like finishing 10 Ks at that time? I'm just curious. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not working in the, I'm not working with professionals as much and, and even competing at that level, but it's around the two hour mark. I don't know what the world record is right now, or, uh, you know, maybe just under two hours at two hours. It, it also, it's very dependent on the conditions and the currents and the, and the weather. So, um, it depends, but you know, it's around the two hour mark, but I don't know what the world record is. Oh my God. Amazing. Um, it's just cool to know, but yeah, kind of, um, you know, real quick, do you enjoy open water swimming more than I guess swimming in a pool? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest, I've been done more open water swimming over the last two years than ever before, but like I was, 
historically like 99% a pool swimmer and the open water has been an interesting challenge. I was actually a sprinter. So doing like 20 second events, minute long events, and now I'm doing two, three hour events. So it's been an interesting challenge. I have the base to do it. I have the fitness and um, it's just been a different strategy and kind of like outlook in terms of your training and your racing. Um, this summer I did a ton of open water swimming almost to the point where I was looking forward to getting back in the pool again and just doing some fast work and having walls and being able to see the bottom of the pool. And it's just, it's a different type of training. It's good. I think the variety is really good. So I'm not sure which one I like more of. I like that. I have the mix. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And you know, that's, I, I swim like a lake swim, um, record when I was like very young, like a kid. And I'm just like, I was thinking of the parallels to running and like the, the unknown in the open water and just the mental aspect of open water swimming from like the very little I've done of it. Um, and comparing that to like the pool, which is more in a controlled environment, kind of like the track almost. And I just find it very interesting, like the parallels that like swimming and running have, um, from a mental aspect, not even just like a physical aspect. I don't know if you've ever like thought of that side of it. Uh, no, I have a lot. And I think, I think there's a lot of uh, parallels to the pool and the track and then open water and outdoor running. So, you know, there's pros and cons to both and there's different ways to train for both. And there's, there's benefits to each. So um, it's probably a good mix. I would imagine you do some track work for uh, your road racing and, but you probably also do a lot of road racing and, I do some pool racing. I do some open water racing. So the training for it is good. And um, it's just good to mix it up. You know, even in the swim community, we have short course pools and long course pools. So like a short course pool is 25 yards or 25 meters. And then you have a long course pool, which is sometimes referred to as Olympic pool, but we're looking at 50 meters. So even changing that. So a lot of swimmers and a lot of um, international swimmers are swimming long course all the time. But in the U.S., we have a lot of 25 yard pools. And in the summer, it's common to swim 50 meters. So I did a lot of 50 meter training this summer, a lot of open water training. And now I'm going to kind of get back to 25 yard training, which has been the majority of my historic training has been a short course pool. Um, so that's a good mix too. But there's uh, there's different skills and like strengths required for both. So depending on what your um, event is and what your goals are, it's important to train specifically for those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, specificity is a thing. And I'm just thinking about 25 yards. It's great to have those flip turns. They really make a difference, you know, instead of like the Olympic, like, you know, 50 meters, 50 yards, it's just like, you're missing that like one flip turn, that one push. Um, but you know, getting into the cross training aspect of swimming and, you know, running, I mean, personally, if I could swim every day, I would, uh, and not competitively like you, I just think that it's excellent for building aerobic capacity for a runner and it's non-weight bearing and it's just a great way to maintain fitness and just to stay overall healthy and fit and I would love to hear you know your take on you know and even speaking to the aspiring marathoners on here which is predominantly the audience of listeners on here you know how could this how could swimming benefit uh someone training for distance running to run further and run maybe faster even well, it's a great way to get some cross training in, like you said, and you can get a little bit of aerobic base work in and maybe not do so many road miles. So I guess it really depends on how many days you want to be running, how many days you can run. I work with a lot of middle-aged runners who maybe don't have as much time and 
we might put together a marathon plan that's like three days per week, but they're doing a lot of other things outside of that. So they're getting some more aerobic conditioning, like on the bike or the elliptical or swimming when they're open to it. So it's a great way to add some additional aerobic work that's low impact. And like you said, you could swim every day, um, but not everybody can run every day. So if you're limited in how often you can run, probably more for physical reasons, um, swimming can be a great um, substitution, I guess. And then also it's great for recovery. So just unloading your joints, uh, the mobility and just loosening things up, being horizontal. There's a lot of benefits to being in the water that could help you recover in between runs. I know that swimming really saved me when I was training for the marathon. Um, it just really kept my legs fresh and, you know, helped me be able to run that next workout in between. That's such a good point. You know, that kind of went over my head and I'm like, I, I'm all about recovery having like been an injured runner on here. And, you know, I feel like it's like all as a runner and to many runners on here, you know, active rest days, like swimming is an excellent thing to do on an active recovery day and to just, yeah, get, not be vertical, not be pounding the pavement and just to be letting your muscles, like just have a little more circulation, um, blood circulation through them by like swimming and just not, you know, not having to be so intense in the pool. But, um, I also think to what you said, um, I too work with a lot of middle-aged individuals and a lot of beginner runners who shouldn't be running, you know, nearly, um, anything near seven days a week and swimming would just be such an excellent, um, method of cross training to incorporate in everyone's program. I wish there was a pool in everyone's home because like, I, I truly think that it'd be that efficient and yeah, to, you know, the listeners on here, I mean, it swimming, if you don't know how to swim, first of all, Dan is a very good go-to resource, um, you know, for, you know, learning, um, the ways to swim and just a lot about technique. Um, you know, Dan, I know that you have a lot of expertise in technique in and out of the pool. Um, and I would love to hear, you know, how, like, what is your, I guess, most, what is the biggest hurdle you've had when you've had to teach something in terms of swimming technique? Because I know it could get pretty technical. Like, yeah, <laughs> no fun intended. Uh, biggest hurdle. I don't know, but I mean, it is so technical. It's all about technique and there's just a greater opportunity to get, to swim better and to swim faster by improving your technique more so than getting fit. And, you know, unlike running and biking, like if you want to run faster, you want to bike faster, you can, you can increase your effort intuitively in a way that's going to translate into more speed. But sometimes in the water, pulling harder, kicking harder does not translate into more speed. So it's very technique heavy. Um, I don't know. It really depends on like the demographic I'm working with, but a big hurdle for at least for newer swimmers, even triathletes, accomplished triathletes who are not the strongest swimmers, breath work is a big thing. So overcoming that and just knowing when to breathe, how to manage your breath, also how to manage your efforts. So you don't go anaerobic so quickly and just fry yourself and feel completely exhausted when you get out of the water, uh, in a triathlon, for example. So breath work is a big thing. And really, there's just a lot of low-hanging fruit on the technique side. Even at high, even for high-end swimmers, even myself, I'm still working on technique. And there's a lot there. You're, you can only get so fit, um, particularly for the marathoners and triathletes who are so fit. They think that fitness is just going to translate into great swimming, but it's really all about technique. Um, and there's a lot to be gained there if you just slow down a little bit and focus on it. 
Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Um, you know, I'm I'm still working on running technique, and I'm I have you know, I have I have experience under my belt running. Um, but I definitely have ways to improve. But technique, I think it's so underlooked um, in running, at least. Uh, I think that you know, swimming. I mean, do you have your swimmers begin with like learning the proper swimming technique when they start working with you, whether they are very, very seasoned or whether they're a beginner? I do. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably 90% of what I do with them and a lot of the conditioning and fitness they can do on their own. And swimming is interesting the way we program for it. You're always going to work technique and drills into it. So your warm up might have some drills and you can really zero in on certain positions and certain feels. And then you don't have to think about it as much when you're doing your conditioning sets. So we're going to weave it in and out. And some of the drills are actually very uh, metabolic and very fitness driven. When you're kicking more and you're out of your comfort zone and you're in a position that you're weak in, it's actually a lot, like sometimes harder than the way you typically swim in a more efficient way. So yeah, big technique focus. A lot of people come to me for the technique piece. Um, and to me, almost the fitness piece is a little bit easier, which is you just have to do the work, but the technique takes a lot of focus. Um, you have to slow down. You have to be willing to change. You have to measure things. Uh, not everybody wants to do that because it's hard. So true. But going back to the basics is like how we all grow. And I love what you said about the fitness is you'll, you'll get so far in terms of like your fitness, but with technique, you could take leaps, I guess, in your performance or whatever your goal is. Right. That's what it sounds like. And just improve in different ways. Right. Yeah. I would encourage everybody to focus on their technique. Um, I'm just working with somebody a, a week or two ago. And after just a couple like simple drills, he was able to drop five seconds on average for a hundred yard swim that he was going to do. I think he was going to do like 10, one hundreds or 21 hundreds. And on average, five seconds faster per hundred is pretty significant just by making a couple of changes to his technique. He didn't get any fitter. And that was his fitness set prescribed by his triathlon coach. Um, we worked on a little bit of technique and he was able to get more out of that set immediately after. Wow. So, so just to understand, so he had a, he had a triathlon coach or his swimming technique coach and you helped him shave off five seconds off a hundred meter, hundred yard, whatever swim. Yeah. That's per 100. Like, so 10 by 100 saving 50 total seconds for a 10 K. Wow. Sorry. I thought it's a thousand meters, but yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't even know what I compare that to running, but I almost want to say to anyone listening on here, that is almost comparable to like arguably like a minute and a 5K. Like, in other words, it's a lot. It's a very big improvement. That's crazy. That's so cool, Dan. Um, wow. <laughs> I honestly, I, you know, the triathlete community, swimming community included in that, just that's what makes me so excited because swimming is such a different sport. It's so technique and skill driven. and who doesn't love a challenge like that? Um, but, you know, just out of curiosity, because there are several runners looking to cross train and go into the triathlete world at a certain age. And just to switch it up um, in terms of training, how long would you say you, it would take someone to properly train for a sprint triathlon, um, the swimming piece? Um. I don't know. I like to have three months to do any plan. 
and let's give this a good shot. Like any transformation you see on the fitness side, you and I working in personal training before writing a marathon plan, um, you know, a sprint triathlon is going to take you about an hour and the swim could be like four to 800 meters, which I don't know, high, high level swimmers are going to do that in like four to eight minutes. Um, it could take uh, novice swimmers much longer, but it's not a ton of swimming. I'd like to give it at least three months. I've had people give me way less time. Um, you know, I sometimes see people like a week before an event and they're trying to make some last minute changes, which is not the best time to do it. But in the case of the gentleman I saw recently, if you can drop five seconds per hundred, that's a big win. Um, so yeah, I mean, the more time, the more time you have to plan, the better. So look more long-term. Don't just like rush into things. Don't procrastinate and put it off. Cause like, you're not good at it. And then you're like, oh man, I'm really not ready for the swim. Um, give it some time. The, the more you get in the water, the longer you get in the water, the better. It's a lifelong sport. So I'm still working on mine, like 30 plus years in my swimming career. Um, and we're seeing people, you know, some guy a uh, hundred years old was just at the master's national championships, uh, swimming. So, um, you can be working on it for a long time. <laughs> that's yeah, that's an excellent point. And, you know, I love what you said about longevity and consistency and looking at the long-term approach. So to anyone on here, you know, Dan, that was an excellent, um, suggestion for three months, but is it ever too early to really start? Uh, like in terms of kids or no, 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 no. Like, like in terms, well, yeah. So I mean like swimming, but just training for anything. Like, is it ever too uh, early? I think it depends. Cause you would, well, no, it's probably never too early. Cause like, you know, we've been at our sports for decades and you can continue to get better, but there, there needs to be focuses and goals and, um, you need to train in and out of things. So you're not going to prepare for your first marathon for like four years. Um, maybe, maybe you're like, all right, in four years, I want to run one and you're going to start to run and you're going to get on a plan and you're going to hire a coach and things like that. But you're going to cycle in and out of things. You're not going to be on a marathon plan for four years, for example. So, um, it's probably never too early, but you really want to plan things out. You want to periodize, you want to write a program and cycle in and out of different focuses, technique, threshold work, aerobic base work. There's a lot that you could be working on. I'm uh, actually preparing someone for the New York City Marathon who gave me two years and it's his first one. And um, that's been a really interesting process because he's like really ready versus a lot of people, they like contact you in July or August. Hey, I signed up for the marathon and I haven't started my plan yet. Can you help me? Um, so, you know, we can do that too. It's just not as successful as the person who gave you two years to build like a really awesome base. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, you know, I have to not disagree with you, but I do think that someone could be training for a marathon as their long-term goal in a four-year plan. However, periodization and using block periodization and setting those smaller goals and maybe having a different focuses like 5k speed strength work, uh, then moving on to endurance work, maybe running like a half marathon, then taking it back and working on, you know, a 5k and getting a faster mile simultaneously. And then maybe going into like a marathon, in the long haul, like it depends on, you know, how you look at it. So just case in point, I think that there's no, like you could, you could train, you could start to train and have that look it differently in a way that works for you to get to your long-term goal, like your two out or 
your two-year guy training, um, but it's definitely going to be very personalized and specialized. And to have those like mesocycles along the way, setting, you know, smaller goals to motivate you and to help, I guess, hold you accountable and keep you on track, especially if you're going for a distance or time, right? Yeah. And, you know, you're not even fully realizing some of those adaptations. Like, you know, like sometimes someone has like once a month of power work before they go, before they do their event. But if we have multiple times to go through that, every time you come back into a power cycle, you're going to be more explosive. You're going to be faster. You're going to be more competent at that. You're uh, a strength cycle, stronger, et cetera. So if you can plan long-term and go in and out of these things, some of these endurance sports, I, I always say are an older person's sport, an older athlete's sport. So you can continue to get better at it, be smarter about it, better technique. Even your tissue resilience takes time. So you can't rush these things. Um, so if you can think more long-term, it could be it could be something you can enjoy for decades at a high level. And some of these lifelong sports, um, you can continue to enjoy you know, at a relative intensity, depending on how old you are. That, yeah, that's an excellent point. Do you think like running has a benefit? Like, you know, when you're a track and field athlete, if you were a very good one and, you know, later in life, you come back to the sport and you already have like that speed and you work the endurance kind of, it sounds like what you're doing um, with swimming. Do you think that that it holds true or it's similar for a swimmer who might've, I guess, had your path or my path, um, but I don't swim currently like you do. Um, like been really good at like the sprinting or middle distance events and swimming and then didn't do it so competitively for a period of time and then came back to the sport. Like, do you think, I guess your early childhood years could play a role in later in life? I do. I think that's a key, a key point in your development where you make some serious changes to your body that are, that are long-term and chronic in a really positive way that you're just not going to get later in your adult years when things are, um, they're just more stubborn and more formed. Your body's like really malleable and receptive to those types of uh, stimuli when you're young. Um, even looking at like baseball throwers, um, like if you grew up throwing a baseball, your shoulder is going to grow and develop in a, a different way than someone who doesn't throw. And you're, you're not going to be able to get that back. So I think there's some fascial changes and some long-term like physiological changes with our heart, our lungs, our blood vessels that, um, that you're only going to get in some of those like prime developmental years. Um, I mean, you can still be a good adult athlete, but there's probably like a window of opportunity to really capitalize on some of those things. So hopefully younger listeners or older listeners with kids are exposing their children to a variety of activities and different things and seeing where their strengths and interests lie. And, um, and hopefully they carry those things into adulthood. Yeah, it's an excellent point. You know, it's more, it's probably more um, adults on here with like kids, just think about like getting your kids moving and not pushing them into something, but like, look at like, what like a Dan like is accomplished, you know, from childhood to now, like almost like very, very good swimmer and now helping to pay that forward to other people. So that's just really special. And yeah, I love that. Um, that's awesome. And Two more questions for you. Um, I know you talked about a distance you swam recently, but what is your favorite distance to swim and what's your favorite distance to coach? Uh, yeah, you could take that where you want to go with it. 
you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. I, I was a, I was a pool sprinter through college and now I'm getting more into the open water distances, swimming everything from a mile to 10 K. But I did my first pool event competition in 17 years this spring. And I had a lot of fun sprinting fifties and hundreds, and I still feel very strong and very fast. So I'm torn between like how I focus my time and see like how fast I can still continue to be at those shorter efforts, or if I want to go for some of the longer things. And I guess the truth is that I've been doing a mix of those things. And in terms of my coaching and what I enjoy, or at least what I've gravitated towards, I seem to have gravitated more towards the longer events. So helping people plan for like serious challenges, like swimming across the English channel, which could take 16 to 20 hours and all the strategy and planning that goes into that. So speaking of like long-term planning, a lot of those slots are like years in the making. So you might be two years out, even longer from, from preparing for this. And you really think long-term you get a slot. There's a lot of um, logistical and nutritional and all the strategy that goes into preparing for that event. So that's a fun and interesting process um, with more like wiggle room and bandwidth when you're on a boat for 16 hours and kind of how things play out. So, um, that's been actually most interesting for me coming from like a pool background to get into kind of the open water marathon swimming channel swimming, um, type of efforts. Wow. That is just so cool. I thought I might have to go on my bucket list. There's just so many things like that's insane being swimming across the English channel for 16 hours. I can't, imagine that's a whole another podcast episode for what the that nutrition must look like because i'm just thinking like being able to put gels in your mouth is one thing but being i don't know being under that kind of stress in the open water and having to like stay on top of your nutrition i don't know how to do that but i know you do um wow that's just kind of mind-blowing it's very inspiring and to the listeners on here this just shows you that people do these things and that they don't just like happen for you. You got to work hard for these things and plan long-term. And that's what trusting the journey is all about, right? At the end of the day, it's, it's what makes the, the end result happen. If there even is one, if, you know, I don't really believe in like a race defining you. I think that the journey should always be ongoing, you know? Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, last question, uh, but certainly not least, why did you say yes to coming back on the Run With Alley Live podcast today, aside from the fact that I asked you to come on? <laughs> uh, well, I'm inspired with what you're doing with the marathon running and just the content you put out. And I think it's really cool. There's so much overlap in the endurance space. Um, I learn a lot from runners. I work with runners, but I primarily focus on swimmers and I just love talking shop and talking endurance. And I think we have a lot to learn from each other. And a lot of this, the principles are the same from technique to nutrition to mindset. It's all the same. Some people just have a passion or an inclination to be in the water. And some people have more of one to be in the road. But um, I don't know. I think um, I think we're a lot the same. Yeah, no, I love that. And thank you. Uh, what about both? People that want to do both. You know, it's possible. It's possible. Um, but you know, yeah, the triathlon is a definitely something I want to get into when I'm done with marathons, whenever that is, when I'm done, you know, competing in them. Definitely gonna be going to you for expertise because I don't know how to swim like that anymore. <laughs> and to everyone on here uh, listening, Dan is an excellent resource as he's discussed for running technique 
I mean, running technique too short for swimming technique. Um, and just for the endurance, long swims and the sprinting, you know, you kind of, you're the swim guy. You're like the knees over the toe guy. I don't know if you follow him on IG, but if you don't, you should. Yeah. That's like, you're, you're that person, but in swimming. So to anyone, yes. Dan's like the like million, like million dollar person for swimming. Like the knees over the toes guy is, who's like a form perfectionist and guru with your knees being over your toes. It's pretty self-explanatory, but yeah. Um, you know, this was great. It was great. You know, catching up with you and you know i can't wait to share this episode with the rest of the running community because there's a huge value in the endurance um community um for swimmer swimming and there's a place for swimming in every runner's program i believe it really should be incorporated in some way shape or form um it's just a matter of making time for it so thank you so much for taking the time today dan and yeah i appreciate you coming on the show thanks Allie. it's great to chat again Yes, likewise. And to everyone else on here, uh, Dan's information will be in the show notes. So please do be mindful of his time while reaching out to him. And other than that, I will see you at the same time, same place next week. Thank you so much. Don't forget to become a member on my website to get updates on my weekly new special episodes on the show, sharing fun running feats, training methodologies, and all things running related to help you keep your running fun. Reference the link in the show notes to become a member of the Run With Alley community so you can connect with other like-minded individuals who love running just as much as you do. Again, do not forget to subscribe to the show by clicking the follow plus button, Apple Podcasts, or subscribing on whichever platform you're listening to the show on. Please leave a review under the episode in whichever directory you're listening to the show in so I can better provide you with the top-notch content I strive to deliver you week in and week out. Thank you again for listening to Run With Alley Live. If you are looking for the perfect solution to finish your first marathon injury-free, even if you've tried to get in shape in the past and failed, sign up and get access to your free 24-week program now by clicking in the link in the show notes under this episode. Sign up now. All you need to submit is your email, and I'll see you on the inside. Thank you so much for listening to Run With Alley Live. See you next time.